CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everyone, hold your horses. We'll start the show in just one second, but first... Wow, people are going crazy for literati. The number one book club for kids. Wendy tweeted, just got a subscription for my nine-year-old nephew who loves to read. Awesome sponsors, Mama. Travis Bones Nephews. We were on FaceTime. My nephew Emmett ran and got his book and came and showed it to us on camera. They send him stickers so he can label his book so it's his book and not his little brother's book. That is adorable. I know it. And think of you're in quarantine. You're running out of ideas. And they can keep the ones they love. Send back the ones that they don't. Yes. And how important is that right now? Delivered right to your doorstep safely, right? No more scrolling online trying to find the perfect gift. Parents have got enough things to worry about right now. Yes. And reading books as a family creates a sense of adventure, bonding, whatever. And will keep you from going crazy in quarantine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And with their curated selection, only keep your favorites. Send the rest back for free. Literati.com slash Stephanie, 25% off your first two subscriptions. Best offer available anywhere. Go to L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I.com slash Stephanie, 25% off your first two subscriptions. Literati.com slash Stephanie, terms and conditions apply. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Go, go, alert, G.I. Cop attacks. Ready to occupy your strip mall. It's the G.I. Cop Battle Starbucks Fortress. G.I. Cop. Complete with hardened Dodge Chargers and missile-firing armored personnel carriers. Time to break out the 20-millimeter Vulcan cannon. G.I. Cop. You put your men into position. But wait, there's a civilian carrying an iPhone and a blueberry scone. Ready, aim, fire. G.I. Cop comes with his own tank to occupy the Family Dollar parking lot. Now, time to occupy the sector between Best Buy and Bed Bath & Beyond. You spot trouble with someone holding something that looks like a gun. Is that person a patriot or a thug? You use your shoulder-mounted pigment scanner to determine whether to give him a ride home or use your taser. My G.I. Cop has camouflage, so he can't be seen in Missouri. Get the G.I. Cop Battle Starbucks Fortress today. G.I. Cop! Unnecessary heavy armament sold separately. Bob Seska! Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show! <laughs> oh, that is... That is maybe my all-time favorite Rocky Mountain Mike bit. Rocky Mountain Mike, Richard Hensel, a work of effing genius. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, June 4, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Day 1,232 of the Trump crisis, 152 days until the 2020 presidential election, and uh, goddammit, let's bring in the goth ninjas. Yeah. Oh, 
It is uh, Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker. Did I get that right? Suddenly I got too yes, many dashes in there. you did get it right. No, there's from a dash- bunch of dashes. Okay. Dash bunker.com. God. There we go. yeah. Get it Jeez, right, Bob. Bob. <laughs> Whatever. Also, Sorry look, I confused you with all my dashes. This is You've only been <laughs> saying the same phrase for a dozen years now. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> also, you know what? It's much easier to just say sexyliberal.com is also there where you, you can go. find it. Patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report is where you can find David Ferguson's podcast. We call him T-Rex. Go there and subscribe. Oh, God, that was so damn funny and so perfect. I think that was made a long time ago, that G.I. Cops bit that we just played from uh, Rocky Mountain Mike. That was played uh, a while ago. In fact, the little boy in that commercial parody is driving now. That's how long we've been. That's how long we've been enduring this problem with cops and the uh, law enforcement violence, the racism. And before we started the show, before we all connected here. I was watching a video, retweeted it on my Twitter feed, of uh, these cops. I think it's uh, in D.C. I think that's where it takes place. Because I saw the Trump fences, which we're going to get into here in just a second. Mm -hmm. But these cops were accosting two women who were protesters. And the video starts out where one of the cops is trying to grab one of the women from behind, grab her boobs from behind. And so she kind of wiggles away. And then they just start wailing on her. I mean, with the billy clubs, and they push her down, and they got the knees on their heads. Mm. I was sickened by this, and I continue to be sickened by every single one of these kinds of videos that we see moving along. These or like the cops setting their own cars on fire. Yeah, well, these Mm. little small men in their ridiculous body armor taking down unarmed women in this case, much less other Mm. protesters. And we've been watching this happen again and again and again. And that's just in the last few days. Obviously, the last 20 years, it's kind of been a thing. Or I should say more like 19 years. Because I feel like not only are we seeing echoes of the Civil War continue to reverberate down through history and on and on and on. But we're also seeing echoes of 9-11 or I should say the overreaction following 9-11, because that's really where the militarization of the police came in, because it became a matter of... It started before that, though. Reagan started giving them their stuff, so, from the military. I think think Nixon, I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. it's kind of been a thing of theirs, the Republicans. They want law enforcement to treat American citizens like foreign combatants, period. Mm -hmm. Because to them... They're black or Latin or criminal or poor, and they're not, you know, they're foreign combatants because they're not at my country club. No. You know, it's yeah. just... Yeah. Well, I think the, the real serious upswing in the militarization of the police has been in the last 20 years because what we saw... Well, it was the, after 9-11 that they started donating the surplus equipment. They were getting all of that stuff, right? They were, uh, I think, paying next to nothing for it right. from the federal government mm-hmm. where they were terrified... Of the notion of terrorism. In fact, there was a chapter in my book, which you should not buy. This is the second show in a row in which my book has been mentioned, that you do not buy my book. I swear to God. Why not? Well, Why it's, not? It's old and outdated. I know you had a book. Yeah, I wrote a book back in 2008. It was supposed to come out before the election. Did you get any money? A little bit, yeah. But well, I mean, yeah, everybody buy Bob's book. What's no, the title? No, no, it's, it's old and it's outdated. You know what? It was old and outdated when it came out because it was supposed to come out before the 2008 election. So all of the chapters were written with the 2008 election in mind. So and then 
it retro. Didn't come out, it didn't come out until everyone was sick of politics a month after the election. I, I don't think it was properly edited. It wasn't properly put together. It was just kind of... Whatever. It was if kind I of had written a book in college that was half plagiarizing Stephen King, I would still be flogging it because I need the money. <laughs> well, nevertheless, Everybody, I mean... Everybody, like, someone get out there, commenters here on the Patreon page. Go yeah. find that book and get a, a web address so we can buy it. Yeah, do not listen to David. You, <laughs> Don't listen to any it, of these people. It's too late now. <laughs> You're like the dad that we all enjoy defying. Well, see, now <laughs> it, it goes to the, all the money then goes to the publisher. I would rather you subscribe to my oh. Patreon page. BobSeskaShow.com. Um, yeah, so I wrote a oh, chapter okay. in my ill-fated book in which I talk about this little town in Ohio called Zanesville. And I use this town as an example for how the overreaction to terrorism led to just this huge amount of like surplus counterterrorism militaristic gear getting flooded into this teeny tiny little town with its teeny tiny little Y-shaped bridge and so on. And that was one of the prime examples of how the overreaction to 9-11 led to this notion that the, the cops should be just like the military. The cops should be equipped just like the military. That's why we see these giant military-style vehicles. We see all the armor. We see now tactics for apprehending people, whether they're peaceful, unarmed protesters or black men just doing nothing on the street. We find out, by the way, that George Floyd also had COVID, by the way. That's also yeah. now a thing. Oh, um, no. Yeah. So on top of everything else, we've got this tinderbox. Because you get this equipment and you want to kind of use it, right? You have to have an excuse to keep uh, uh, getting more and more equipment in. So that's, you know, you have to justify the expenditure. So uh, that's kind of why we are where we are. And then you layer in this confluence of race and this attitude that the, the cops have to be armed just like the Marines in Fallujah, you know, because right. that because our streets are now. See, okay, the critical difference between enemy combatants and American citizens is that armies are supposed to fight soldiers. That's right. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just it's not in their purview. It's I mean, um, posse comitatus. It just says, you know, you will not use the military against their own people. Mm-hmm. It's not what it's for. It's a foreign fighting force. Yeah. Or to repel invaders. They were never meant to turn their weapons on American citizens. My dad is ex-Air Force, and he's really pissed now. Because this is like, it's just such a blasphemy. Mm-hmm. It really is. But I got to admit, I'm kind of cracking up about the idea of a bunch of mullahs sitting around in Afghanistan going, oh, Zanesville, Ohio, we'll hit them where it hurts. I you know, know. <laughs> I mean, that was the whole point. It's just the, the fear of terrorism, the post-traumatic stress that the United States was going through at that time. We were all just like, yeah, give it to them because, you know, there could be a terrorist lurking under our beds around the corner at McDonald's. It's just like... We were so terrified, and by we, I mean just in the general sense. I was going to say, you got a tapeworm? <laughs> I mean, just, <laughs> right. And so it was one of those things where there was uh, justification for it, at least coming from scared people who didn't know where the next terrorist attack was going to take place. And I'm not, I assure you, I am not justifying it, but that was kind of the mindset at the time, especially for those of you who weren't really, you know, who were too young to remember that couple of years after 9-11 where it was just... Uh, the, Disgusting. The, yeah, the fear-mongering that was going on at that time. Mm-hmm. 
about terrorism, especially Islamic terrorism, was just but also off the just charts. the whole like the. I mean, you'd watch a used car commercial, and he'd be you know kind of crazy. We got a dinosaur some financing and two pound nine nine a month. God bless America. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> and I, I was mean, just like, oh, you've cheap. Sh-. I mean, it just. And, you know, like, it's not a throw pillow, okay, folks? Never yeah, forget. Yeah. I mean, this is an actual violent thing that happened to people in New York. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. everyone in America just suddenly grabbed up as their own tragedy. Yeah. And it, I, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm changing the subject again. Go well, on. No, I mean, <laughs> well, and then you add on top of everything else, you add Donald Trump, who sets this example. We talked about this on Tuesday's show a little bit. I wrote about it in Salon this week. Donald Trump sets the stage. Donald Trump sets the tone. And so people in law enforcement tend to pivot off whatever the commander-in-chief is doing and how he's comporting himself. So what we see now from the commander-in-chief is walling himself into the White House. Mm -hmm. He's creating this perimeter of fence. I mean, if they move that perimeter back any farther, the protesters are going to be standing in New Jersey, for God's sake, because mm-hmm. this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> Was that a Tootsie reference? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. I don't know. Can you back up and make her look a little better? What, to Jersey? Um, <laughs> no, no. He says, how about Cleveland? How about Cleveland? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we've got this temporary fence going up all around and it's not just around the white house grounds themselves. Mm -hmm. They're going blocks and blocks and blocks deep with this so that, you know, that's coming down. Yeah. If you're right up at that fence, the white house is probably, it looks like in some of the pictures about three blocks away and then they've blocked off the entire ellipse, which is the park area that's in front of the south portico of the White House. So you go to the the area of the White House where you can still stand along the wrought iron fence. You can kind of see, or at least you used to be able to see Michelle Obama's uh, vegetable garden there. Mm-hmm. And then you'd see the south portico of the uh, White House with the Truman balcony and all the rest of it. Well, in front of that... That is a, our fucking house. Yeah. Well, that guy it, does not own that house. Yeah, but on top he of is, that, there's the, there's the parkland in front of it, which is also our property. It's, it's taxpayer finance property that where people go and they play softball games and they hang out and they have picnics. And that has all been blocked off, too. The ellipse yeah. has been blocked by these ridiculous fences. And it just makes Donald Trump look like the teeny Scary. tiny little small man that he is hiding in his teeny tiny little bunker under the White House, terrified. You know, that's uh, that's our no, president. No, no, no. He went to inspect it, Bob. Oh, that's right. And he also had to inspect it with Melania and Barron uh-huh. in tow. Of course. Yeah, and then he had to still break up a knife fight between Eric Jr. and, and what's his face? I mean, John Jr. and Eric. <laughs> My name's Eric over the last cyanide pill. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. So no wonder uh, Mad Dog Mattis finally stepped out and was like, okay, enough of this bullshit. I got to step in. And he is anyone sh- going to listen, though, or is just Fox News just going to suddenly go on the, okay, now let's destroy Mattis? Yeah, well, that's what they are. That's what they're doing. They're yeah, following oh, Donald Trump's cunts. lead. I'm sorry. Well, they're, <laughs> they're trying to underline. I really try not to say the C word. <laughs> well, it's sometimes. It's a good word. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's useful. Yeah, so. Well, there's uh, a worse one. And the other C word is calm down. <laughs> oh, I hate that one. Like, see? Fucking see? Hate that shit. Never say calm down to an angry Especially women, but angry anybody really. But yeah. angry women, you say, calm down. You might as well just, you know, get ready to extract <laughs> the salt shaker from your nostril. <laughs> Here's uh, what Mad Dog Mattis uh, wrote today, or wrote yesterday, I should say. 
I have watched this week's unfolding events angry and appalled. The, the words equal justice under the law are carved in the pediment of the United States Supreme Court. This is precisely what protesters are rightly demanding. It is a wholesome and unifying demand, one that all of us should be able to get behind. We must not be distracted by a small number of lawbreakers. The protests are defined by tens of thousands of people of conscience who are insisting that we go live up to our values, our values as people and our values as a nation. We must reject and hold accountable those in office who would make a mockery of our Constitution. Wow. Donald yeah. Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people, does not even pretend to try. Instead, he tries to divide us. We are witnessing the consequences of three years of this deliberate effort. We are witnessing the consequences of three years without mature leadership. Wow. We can unite without him drawing on strengths inherent in our civil society. This will not be easy, as the past few days have shown, but we owe it to our fellow citizens to past generations that bled to defend our promise and to our children. He goes on to contrast the American ethos of unity uh, with Nazi ideology. Instructions given by the military departments to our troops before the Normandy invasion reminded soldiers that, quote, the Nazi slogan for destroying us was divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. Our American answer is, in union, we are strength. We must summon up that unity to surmount this crisis, confident that we are better than our politics. That was uh, outstanding. Mm -hmm. How long ago did he leave the White House? Wow. I don't know. 2018? It seems like I think it was uh, 2018. I know in Trump time, it's. It, I think it was approximately 139 years ago. Yes, um, like that. right. I don't know there were, that there were. Seems I, like a very long time. There, there wasn't color television when <laughs> Mattis stepped down. <laughs> we were still watching four by three black and white TV. No, yeah. hell, the rainbows were coming in black and white in my neighborhood then. <laughs> so, but I mean, obviously, as soon as I read this, I was like. Oh, holy shit. How soon before uh, Biff jumps onto Twitter and goes, ah, Mattis begged me like a dog to not fire him. And of course, that's exactly what he did. Like uh, an hour later, Donald Trump's on Twitter talking about how um, Mattis is uh, the most overrated general in the history of the military. And what does it say about the fact that Donald Trump- You hired him. Hired him. The most overrated general in history was hired by Donald Trump to run the most powerful military in the world. I mean, at what point do you just sit there and go as a Trump supporter and go, ah, that looks like bullshit to me? <laughs> I mean, like, how can they not see? And I know I should be well beyond that question, but it's just so plain and it's just so obvious and they just seem to not give a shit. They don't give a shit. This is, here's the president impugning a general, a military general. Well, okay, you got to understand. The problem is nothing he does. It's none of it is about what they think is great. Mm. It's all about him agreeing with them on who to hate. Yeah, exactly. Period. And yeah. so nothing else matters. You know, I, 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 this is what I was trying to explain to my dad on the phone tonight. He actually got a little irritated with me because I was just like, Dad, there's nothing good about this. Yeah. I know you think your friends that support Donald Trump are nice people. They are not. Mm -hmm. If they didn't get off the fucking train the minute he came down the elevator and said rapists and drug dealers come from Mexico, they are racists. Yeah. 
Okay, I mean, because if that hasn't been enough cognitive dissonance to run you off the reservation, and he has spewed oh so much more since then, goddamn suet ball bird feeder in a suit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, I just don't understand how anyone can say that they love America and Donald Trump. Yeah, it, it's impossible. I mean, he represents everything that is awful about the United mm-hmm. States. He amplifies our worst instincts as a country. He, in fact, he's a subcutaneous boil on the body politic. <laughs> yes, and on top of everything else, he seems to be a president who is really not as supported by his own people as we'd like to think, as we get the impression from watching from the outside. We kind of think, okay, well, all the people in Trump's inner circle, all the White House people are all with him and they'll never really differ from him. But actually, we do see quite a few instances of members of the White House staff. We see people who are... Well, it's a constant knife fight. He keeps them all divided against each other so Mm -hmm. that... I don't even know what the fucking... Oh, yeah, no, no, no. What's his plan? He thrives on chaos. Donald Trump thrives on chaos. And the more chaos around him, the better. That's He just loves to do it. And he did that on the Trump organization when he was running that. He just loved to pit people against each other. And the more divisive everyone was, the more fun he would have. I mean, just like... When everyone was divided, it was just a party for him. But here, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff this time, has come out in in agreement with uh, the Secretary of Defense and, to an extent, uh, Mad Dog Mattis and issued a memo uh, to the uh, Joint Chiefs. Number one, every member of the U.S. military swears an oath to support and defend the Constitution and the values embedded within it. This document is founded on the essential principle that all men and women are born free and equal and should be treated with respect and dignity. It also gives Americans the right to freedom of speech and peaceful assembly. We in uniform, all branches, all components, and all ranks remain committed to our national values and principles embedded in the Constitution. Number two, during this current crisis, the National Guard is operating under the authority of state governors to protect lives and property, preserve peace, and ensure public safety. Three, as members of the joint force, compromised of all races, colors, and creeds, you embody the ideals of our Constitution. Please remind all of our troops and leaders that we will uphold the values of our nation and operate consistent with national laws and our own high standard of conduct at all times. Basically, our job is not to fuck around with the American people. Our job is to defend the nation. Our job is to stand on this wall. We have principles that we must uphold. And if only I saw uh, some sort of joint statement by police departments from coast to coast repeating this same sentiments, then I would be a little less pissed off as I am right now. Because, again, I cannot unsee. I, I don't think any of us can unsee the, the horrors that we've witnessed on video coming down on social media of these cops going so far beyond the realms of decency and attacking journalists, upholding their, heedlessly. Yeah. They get arrested. Oscar, what's his last name? That was on CNN. He's standing there going, I'm from CNN. Here are my credentials. And I'm like, you're under arrest. There's another video where some guy was hit in the head with a rubber bullet. Rubber bullet. It yeah. bro- bro- mm-hmm. cracked his skull. And then they, uh, his buddies are told to bring him over to the cops so they can help him and get him to uh, some medical support. And then the cops, as soon as they start carrying the guy over toward the cops, the cops start firing on the people that's, that are hauling their friend over. Mm-hmm. We're in a really, this is the most I've ever actually really, really, really feared for our democracy in my life. Mm. 
Yeah. We're at a critical point here because there are obviously forces within the National Guard, within the police force, within the outside military that they pl- that they want to call in that are all in for this. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is the instability that I've been forecasting since 2016. This is the mm-hmm. instability that goes along with a president who should never have risen to this office, should never have been elected. And the only reason that he was is the reason that we're seeing on display in this, especially in this past week. It, the only reason he won is because this incompetent boob has been propped up by so many people requiring mm-hmm. so much effort to keep his presidency from just crashing and burning. It's remarkable to behold, and we saw it a little bit yesterday with Kaylee McEnany talking about how, oh yeah, going over to the, the church was just like uh, Churchill uh, surveying the damage after the Nazi bombing of, uh, of London. She did not. Oh yeah, she absolutely did. She also compared it to this. She also compared it to George W. Bush going in and throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium after 9/11. She compared it to Jimmy Carter delivering fireside chats during the energy crisis. She compared it to uh, George H. W. Bush signing the Americans with Disabilities Act. Somebody wrote that. First of all, somebody wrote that for her because Kaylee McInerney has an idea of maybe who three of those people are. But I mean, this is a woman who just right before the election was calling Donald Trump a racist. Yep. And now she's working for Trump as his chief okay. propagandist. Well, this is conservatives. You got to bear in mind. And that I was true, at, yeah. somebody on Facebook the other day was just like, "Can you believe they did this when they did this five years ago?" And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. One of the only things that is worse on wasting your time than what if Barack Obama did this Mm. is, you know, trying to hold conservatives to a a moral standard that's consistent with 30 minutes ago. Well, I mean, again, it doesn't matter what happened 30 minutes ago. It doesn't matter what happens 30 minutes from now. They're all about triage. Whatever crisis is on their laps, it doesn't matter. We're in the post-consistency era now because... Oh, yeah. We've been there since the Bush years. Exactly. Well, this is about uh, just fixing whatever problem is happening and maybe owning the libs along the way, and then you just move on to the next problem. It's irrelevant what happened, how you handled the previous problem or the things that you said to justify it or to condemn it. It's just all that matters is fixing Donald Trump's fuck-ups. Trump always makes things worse for Trump, and then all the president's men and all the king's horses and, and whatever, they try, try to come in and repair President Humpty. Unless you're like me and you have an eidetic memory and every word that you've ever heard is all in there. Yeah. And, I mean, Seriously. Here, I mean. <laughs> a great, exa- great example for you. Uh, we've only said the word COVID once today. Hey, and yes, and I have it. the new death toll. What's, what's it's the It's 107,474. Jesus Christ. If somebody was saying, oh, we may have, a, the, the president's committee was saying we may have 130 deaths, deaths by August. Two, like, Ooh, this is like two weeks ago. That. And I'm like, uh, how, yo, kilogram, how you figure? Because like, <laughs> that's going to be like in two weeks at the rate we're going. What yeah. are you anticipating having happen between now and then? But this brings us to Charlotte. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Governor Roy Cooper saying, look, you know, you, you Republicans, you can't have your convention here mm-hmm. unless you make some 
COVID preparations and yeah. you find a way to do this safely. And they were like, well, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Right. Donald Trump's like, like, well, then I'm not going to let you do it here. Yeah. Donald, so now it's such a clusterfuck. The president is always that guy who, as soon as Donald Trump gets painted into a corner, he then throws the video game controller across the room and storms off. That's what he's doing with Roy Cooper right now and the Republican convention. He's like, oh, oh, he's telling me what to do. Fuck you. I'm storming off. And he goes, you're a fascist. Yeah. I'm the victim here. You're a slave owner. We're going to have the RNC at Trump Doral now. But see, the problem is there is a lot of contracts that have already been signed. So at least some portion of the Republican National Convention will be taking place in Charlotte, but Republican operatives or whoever was talking to Politico was now saying that, you know, the president will accept the nomination from the party from a different location. Wow. Mm -hmm. Holy God. You know what else? You know what what else? What a fucking clusterfuck. There are probably so many delegates who already made plane reservations, non-refundable plane reservations and hotel reservations for Charlotte, North Carolina for August. And now they're going to have to either eat that money they either have to. Do, well, they're rich. They're Republicans. It won't bother them. I mean, they have to be exhausted, constantly backstopping this incompetent moron. I mean, it's, it would be exhausting to me to constantly have to be running up behind the guy. I wrote a piece for the banter uh, yesterday, and it's uh, good. I listened to it. Trump is constantly followed by those guys who scoop up the poop behind the elephants in a parade. You know, the guys have the big shovels and the buckets, and they go behind the elephants and. Be, every, Except for the first time, they outnumber the baton twirlers. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's Donald Trump needs those kind of people. He's surrounded mm-hmm. by those kinds of people who constantly have to clean up his shit after he's done shitting all over the place. Uh, well, but you look, they, I mean, they're on the F team now. I mean, yeah. Kaylee McEnany, I mean, she was even bad just as an unpaid surrogate on CNN. Yeah, yeah. They got her in now. And what was the name, guy, the name that wrote the incredibly optimistic economic policy based on no figures whatsoever that was like, everything's going to open by May 31st. Kevin something. Oh. If you've seen that guy on the news, it's pretty clear that like his parents were related. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I mean, he just, he's got this weird shaped forehead and he just looks like he was like, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure part of his family tree looks more like a wreath. See, I, mean, I thought just we, like something wrong with him. When you mentioned econ- when you mentioned economic forecast, I thought you were talking about this guy. Greenland is a strategic place, strategic place so there, and uh, they got a lot of got valuable, a lot of minerals. valuable minerals. <laughs> see, see, see what he's doing? You know what Larry Kudlow is doing right there? He's following giant elephant Trump down the road and scooping up all his shit. Donald Trump goes around Which saying, is "Why he has to get hammered to do his job?" I got such a great idea. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to buy Greenland. How about that? I'm going to make an offer to Greenland. We're going to buy all of that land up there. It's the most ridiculous fucking thing. They all have to run up and, and suddenly make a case for why buying Greenland is a great idea. And that's what Larry Kudlow is doing in this fucking tape. And it's just, it's so insane that the White House staff has to constantly waste their time going around and saying, Greenland is a strategic place. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. No wonder he's drunk. No wonder he's hammered at nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday because he has to do this horrible job. And believe me, I have no sympathy for Larry Kudlow. I just think it's insane that we have a president who is defended by 45% of American voters who does not know what the fuck he's doing. He is completely out of his depth, and every moment that goes by proves it. Mm. He he plays golf and watches TV and tweets. (laughs) That's right. That's that's what the man does. I mean, at a time 
when we are in the grip of a global pandemic and people are calling it a hundred year pandemic. I'm yeah. like, no guys, this is a thousand year pandemic. Mm. This organism is so different yeah. than anything that we've ever encountered before. It seems to hit everybody in different places. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, and oh, what happens now? Any normal president would be completely a hundred percent hands on and yeah. just keep me abreast. I'll be in the situation room. I've got a sleeping bag in there or whatever. And now we've got riots in the cities. Mm-hmm. And so it just, and he's you know, when we played golf last weekend. I just God damn it. He's going again this weekend. He's going up to Bedminster, New Jersey. If there's any case you- for Johnny Knoxville and Bam Margera to break out their golf cart and to invade a golf course again like they used to in the Jackass videos, now's the time. <laughs> now's the goddamn time. Uh, but Jesus Christ, I hope and I, I like to think that we've kind of turned a bit of a corner here. I think that Bible stunt was yeah. was a changeover. And I think... Well, it was... Do you remember when Saddam Hussein was, like, fondling that child's head when he had the hostages <laughs> in Baghdad? And I he was trying to show that. what a... Okay, so let's go to Baghdad. <laughs> it's, what, 1991? Let's rewind. Saddam Hussein has, you know, uh, what's his name? Joe, that was married to Valerie Plame. Mm-hmm. Joe Wilson, Joe Wilson yeah, yeah. Joe Wilson, yeah. Um, not not the you lie Joe Wilson, the, the good Joe Wilson, no. yeah. Right. And there's some families that are American diplomats and stuff, and there's an American child, and Saddam Hussein made this video message where he's saying, I would never hurt these people. Mm. I'm a kind and decent man. Look yeah. how I am being nice to this child. And he's totally just like sort of awkwardly pawing the kid's head. <laughs> like he's never seen a child before. Gross. It, like, it had like the, the, like the exact opposite of its intended effect of humanizing him. It made yeah. it clear that he just, you know, and this and Trump with that Bible. I mean, he was first he's trying to hold it up like he wrote it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and then it's just like it's so and, he, and then he holds the spine outward so the photographers can see, and it's just like dude that might as well just be so a book shaped box with the ashes of our constitution in it <laughs> like it's just like why are you even here you committed acts of violence yep. against peaceful protesters so you could take your fat ass across the goddamn street in front of a church that you've never even set foot in to hold up a book you've never fucking read and certainly don't live by no. and think mm-hmm. that that's a victory? Uh, somebody that I know literally posted after that stupid fucking photo op. <laughs> she posted that, well, he was just paying respects to the church. No, he fucking wasn't. No, he, was. no, he wasn't. He, that burning bag of swamp gas was completely told off by the people who run the church. Oh, and the church now, the the, the bishop that, that spoke out against him, she can't even get to her church now because it's being blocked in the fencing. That's right. Okay. It's inside this the perimeter. Got here, gotta, bre- gotta break it down for you. The bishop, she runs all the Episcopal churches in the district. Uh-huh. Yep. Or, and the person who was there protesting in front of the church was the priest, the pastor right. of that particular church. And he yeah. was tear gassed yep. and run away from his church so, th- so that President Chart can go over there and, like, <laughs> you know, do the Price is Right, um, Yvonne, you know, modeling of the, you know, the show. The, what do they call it on the end of Price is Right? The showcase? The showcase thing? showdown. Yeah, the showcase. The <laughs> showcase showdown with a Bible. You could win this leather-cased Bible. <laughs> Golden, you know, like. Yeah. It, just, yeah. I, it's it was so, so awkward. clear that he had no idea even what to do with it. Like, this he doesn't is, read uh-huh. books. It's, it's such not a, how human beings hold books. It's such a great example of how incompetent Donald Trump is, how out of his depth that he is. He could not even do a photo op without making it look like it was the most awkward, st- 
staged weirdo event ever. I mean, they looked like they were lined up there in front of the church, like like the beginning of the usual suspects. I kept waiting for exactly. <laughs> I kept waiting for the lineup chart behind them to be photoshopped in. My God! But there was I don't one. Know, for me, it was more like you know, please take the pictures. My human suit's very itchy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like uh, Joe Biden had to say that same day. He said, you know what? It'd be great if he just opened the Bible for once and maybe yeah. took a look at some of the lessons in there. I mean, the good lessons, the you know, the Jesus lessons are, are good to know. That's, I mean, the true horror of it is there could be yeah. no book that has less to do with his life than the New Testament. Right. right. I mean, maybe, you know, all the bloodletting and, and, and tribalism and daughter raping and all that that went on in the Old Testament is more his thing. Yeah. But, you know, he only wants to just, he, he wants Jews counting his money in casinos. That's what they're for. Someone asked him before, I think it was John Heilman uh, asked him uh, before the election in 2016, said, what's your favorite part of the Bible, New Testament or Old Testament? He's like, I like, I like, I like them both. All of them. All of them are good. It's a <laughs> great book. It's an excellent book. I always hold up out of the deal and I say, that's my second favorite book because the Bible is my first. I've never opened a Bible. I mean, I just like to ask him, like, what are the first three words of the Bible, Mr. President? Well, you know he's never even read the Constitution. Half the oh, people no, who right. carry around those little fucking copies of the Constitution yeah. in their gun vest or whatever, they haven't even read the damn thing. No. It doesn't have any not. pictures. Yeah. Okay, we got to talk about some steak here. Time to talk about beef. If you're looking for the <clears> perfect... <throat> If you're looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, Omaha Steaks can help you. And what, did dad, what does dad really want for Father's Day? Of course, a big box of beef. For a limited time, you can find a variety of packages filled with beautiful Omaha Steaks, plus other premium meats, side dishes, artisan desserts, and so much more, all ideal for dad's special day. These packages come flash frozen, vacuum sealed, delivered in a cooler with dry ice, safely to his door. Oh my God, I got one here. Gigantic box of beef. I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat all of this beef. All backed by Omaha Steaks, unconditional 100% money back guarantee. It's a simple, delicious way to treat dad this Father's Day, and you're giving him something that he'll actually enjoy. Omaha Steaks is offering listeners uh, a variety of amazing packages that are perfect for dad on Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code LIBERAL into the search bar to unlock savings of 50% or more with code LIBERAL. You'll receive free shipping and free one-pound package of delicious Applewood Smoked Steak Cut Bacon on select packages. There are many packages available for dad all ready to be shipped in time for Father's Day. OmahaSteaks.com. Enter the code LIBERAL in the search bar. Again, that's OmahaSteaks.com. The Bob Seska Show. I'm trying to fill up an empty heart Staring through little black windows here in the dark Looking for answers to questions you don't understand When all that you need is a hand in your empty hand Flesh and bone and bruises what it takes to be human The winning and the losing That's what it takes to be To be To be You and me 
this is a brand new single from J.R. Moore, Todd Wright, Ethan Menser. Song called What It Takes. Link in the description. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. It's kind of making me really miss being able to go out. Side. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's sun with yeah. other people. Yeah. Great point, because man, one of my favorite things is to get some of this indie music and uh, pop it into my iPod and just go driving around with the windows down and listen to it. Uh, you can do that with the indie music countdown if you want to, but uh, and be safe. <laughs> Wear your mask. I got to go do that myself this weekend. Maybe I got to get outside. But uh, before you- we move on to the next topic, which I want to, uh, I have to make a confession. Yeah. Okay. I'm back on Twitter. Oh, you're back on Twitter? Oh, my God. What happened? How did that go down? When did that start? Last night. And I I can't remember what it was, but somebody was, you know, and I just, I went looking on Twitter for something because someone had mentioned an article that I wanted to read. And it's like, log in? Not now. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I tried to sign up as David Ferguson with a different uh, handle, and it was like, you are blocked. Um, so it's my old Compromat band account. It's at Compromat, K-O-M-P-R-O-M-A-T-B-A-N-D. Compromat band. Compromat band, all one word. And that's the, the K, yeah. that's the Russian spelling of Compromat. Or the- Compromat. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Uh, da. Um, right. But, okay, masks. This is, see, okay, it's deeply concerning to me. I mean, I would, you know... To be completely honest with you, I would be like at the White House tearing down that fence or at least pressed up against it hard right now if I mm-hmm. wasn't so fucking afraid of getting COVID. Because I have, you know, heart issues. My husband has diabetes yeah. from childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's not safe for no. us. But I'm just like, is it safe for the people that are doing it is my question. Oh, great point. I was just about to br- bring this up that... <sighs> What's the word on the impact of these protests as far as the plague goes? Because there is we won't know for a couple weeks. For a couple weeks, yeah. It's the, the people, stuff that the the people that were hanging out and swimming in their own filth. Yeah, those ones are coming back positive now, yeah. and that will start to die down. And so the the protesters that's going to start in the next two weeks probably. Yeah, these Holy people shit. are basically volunteering mm-hmm. willfully or not for a giant experiment on outdoor transmission. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because it just and I see kids at the yeah. marches and that, oh God, I just I mean this is. Uh, you know, I told you guys last week in the postmortem show. I'm like, I'm just completely depressed, and <laughs> it gets. Mm-hmm. Wor- I, I, just, uh, I mean, I. But part of me, oh God, I want to be in the streets so bad because, like, this is what I mean. For years, everyone I know has been like, "What is it going to take to get Americans in the streets?" Yeah. Well, this apparently, um, but it's not safe for a lot of people. Right. If you're immune compromised, if you are pregnant. Uh, I mean, it's just, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I think the timing is as good as it's going to get because it's summertime. A lot of people mm-hmm. aren't working. Obviously, mm-hmm. younger people are out of school. I mean, if there's any time in which, you know, the American people are going to rise up and surround the goddamn White House, it's it's hard. It's stressing me the fuck out, gang. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> I'm it's, waking up from heart attack nightmares lately. It's not okay. I mean, obviously, with the virus, that is a, a major downside to all of this. But I feel like at this point, 
if people want to take that chance, uh, uh, go go ahead. Um, because Can you the imagine cause... the numbers if there wasn't a virus right now. We would, oh God, yeah. yeah. We'd yeah. actually be doing this from a corner somewhere in D.C. Probably. Oh right yeah, now. yeah. Kimberly and I have talked about this extensively over the past week. Like, what do we do? We're so close to D.C. We could be participating in this. And my response has been more or less that. I feel like we have our roles to play. I always go back to the layers of the political debate in this country and how we all have specific jobs to do in those layers. And uh, I feel like our job... Again, all these black bodies on the line. Yeah, I know. But I mean... And it's just one... Go ahead. But I mean, I feel like talking about it and informing people about it also contributes to the conversation. And there are activists who are good at this who are good at organizing people and who are good at figuring out where and when to rise up. And those are the people who um, are, are turning out. And at the same time, I think what we say on this show or what Stephanie says on her show, what you guys say on your shows, these are all things that inform the people who then go out and do a lot of the protesting. So I, I guess this is all. God, I mean, I, the, this is like AIDS. Then we could lose an entire generation of skilled activists. Well, but, uh, I don't think a lot of them are, are going to die necessarily. I mean, this is yeah, for, for younger people. It's not a, true, necessarily true, a fatal true. disease. It is a big fucking risk, though. So if I end up going to a protest and I end up getting coronavirus, I won't be able to do my job here, shirking my responsibility in all of this. You see how that works? The later you can get infected in an epidemic, the better. Because yeah. over time, it will weaken. Right. So, I mean, there is a point to not getting infected in the first wave. So right. your social right. distancing's not wasted. I'm sorry. Anna. Well, there, I mean, there are people who we saw a couple of weeks ago turning out so they can go and get a haircut, turning out so they can go mm-hmm. to uh, their favorite bar or nightclub or whatever. That's the wrong reason to turn out and protest, especially when you're going right. to do it with fucking AR-15s, you goddamn cowards, you little men, <laughs> you little cowardly men. And they, they won't but, wear a mask, but they won't go check the mail without an AR-15. It's just like, where your pro- I just... Uh, but this... Probably, yeah. This, there is, I think, distinct justification for saying, all right, you know what? We got to roll the dice. We have a president who has now set this horrible example. It, I mean, he's flicking matches at a, at a big pile of C4 by constantly poking and trolling and dividing Enough is enough. I mean, I named uh, Tuesday's show Enough because I, I feel like people are just, they're done with this guy. Well, I mean, they, a fucking pylon idol cyst could do a better job at presidenting <laughs> than this guy does. God. Well, it's not too far <laughs> off if you're talking about Rush Limbaugh because uh, we basically have a Rush Limbaugh clone in the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he looks for any occasion to divide people. And once you've divided people, then you can make them fight each other. Mattis was exactly right. I mean, we've seldom had presidents who do this much division. I mean, obviously, to an extent... I've never seen it. Well, George W. Bush. I mean, let's, let's go back to 2004. George but he w. at least Bush, pretended. Well, right. uh, yes, he did pretend. But at the same time, he was reelected on dividing people over same-sex marriage. I mean, that's what happened. I mean, Carl yeah. Rove inserted that wedge issue, those ballot initiatives on all in all of those states in 2004. Okay, when we're talking about gay marriage and Carl Rove, let's not use the word inserted. <laughs> <laughs> There's the title. There you go. <laughs> Maybe. There, there are a lot of different titles. That's like that. a Fiona Apple record title, you know? It is. It's like, it absolutely is. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Brian Kilmeade um, uh. <laughs> was, oh boy, <laughs> was ranting about how uh, <clears throat> protesters are singing uh, John Lennon's Imagine during these protests. And so Brian Kilmeade says that uh, the protests would make John Lennon feel unsafe in New York City. Excuse me? The ma- the John Lennon, who was assassinated in, in New, New York, York City. City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Another instance where Brian Kilmeade thought the brain room was literal and then just popped his brain out and left it there. Left it in the brain room. You know, Fox News Channel has a brain room. And that it's basically where the smart people on Fox News go in and crunch numbers. But mm. I like to think of it as a, like a coat check room <laughs> where you just take your brain out and leave it in the brain room <laughs> and then you go on the air. That's what, and that is the central problem with Fox News Channel. Imagine uh, there's no Fox News. <laughs> I wish right. it's easy if you try. But I mean, now more than ever, I I feel like if the election goes well and Donald Trump is ousted from office, fingers crossed. Don't get happy. I feel like after that, we need to make sure that these people aren't able to like Kellyanne Conway showing up in perpetuity on CNN or Donald Trump Jr. being on Dancing with the Stars or whatever the fuck normalization is going to happen after the fact once they're private citizens again. It cannot be allowed to happen. Anyone who is responsible for this administration uh, has to face the consequences of all of Mm -hmm. this. And not only do we have to reveal the once and for all, all the bullshit that went on behind the scenes, we have to see documents, we have to see files, we have to see things that occurred during the Trump White House that uh, they covered up. But on top of all of that, we got to make sure. I wonder, I wonder how much they've actually covered up because they're so fucking incompetent. Yeah, that's and true. And they can't keep a secret. I mean, we're probably, yeah, there's some deep, dark, evil shit that we're going to find out about that well, somebody smarter than I mean, the president came up with. But there's also going to be a million stories where they, like, tried to beat someone to death with a donut. Yeah. You know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine all the shit on the uh, super secret server alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the exactly. phone calls they stashed in there. There needs I, to be. I, mean, I would almost bet that ninety-five percent of the storage space on that is, is hentai porn. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like, are you I mean, these that? people are so maladjusted. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. Like, are you saying Jared Kushner a, has an extensive collection of animated tentacle porn? Is that what you're <laughs> describing? No, Stephen Miller oh, and Stephen Jared. Miller, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean. You know, this is a secret, super secret server. He's going to be like, ooh, I know, you know, I just. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's (laughs) shit like this that gets lost. And and this is the kind of thing that needs to come out after a successful ousting of Donald Trump. I mean, we have actual collusion. The guillotine. We have the ODNI releasing transcripts of these Mike Flynn phone calls with Sergei Kislyak, in which it's very obvious that, that Mike Flynn is colluding with the Russians as they're doing the transition, undermining American foreign policy, saying, oh, you know what, all those sanctions... I mean, he's on tape. There are transcripts released by Trump's guy, John Ratcliffe now. And Flynn's saying, oh, you know what? Don't worry about the sanctions over uh, interfering with our election. We're going to ignore those once we're sworn in. So don't sweat it, Sergey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, the Jeff Sessions transcripts are, are going to be like, you know, someone speaking Russian and then just basically dueling banjos, you know, wang a dying, 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 wang a dying, dying, wang a dying, wang a dying, you know. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, getting back to the uh, coronavirus here, another 1.8 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week. 
You know, it's just like everything is crashing and burning down. And, and again, it's so obvious as to why. It's been building to this for four years now with this guy, this fucking idiot in the White House. I not mean, filling jobs, not filling, you know, incredibly important State Department positions. Yeah. Not, I mean, just he's just, but like I said, he is basically a Russian Twitter bot in an ugly suit. Yeah. In that he is doing everything he can to kill more Americans, divide the country, plunge us into chaos, destroy our infrastructure. It's, I mean, he really is like, like Putin has like a wind up key in his back and just stops yeah. in every now and then to give it a couple twists and off he goes to fuck up more of America. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all uh, Putin has to say is, hey, how about this? Why don't you send in the uh, military? Why don't you have a bunch of uh, Humvees parading down Pennsylvania Avenue? Why don't you do, uh, how about, no, you know, if, all if he has I to do is you, jingle some shiny keys and ha- throw him a hamburger. <laughs> Yeah, sure. And then what he he does after that is he tempts Donald Trump with little suggestions. Here, here's what I would do if I was in your place, Mr. President. I would bring in the military or I would put I would make a gigantic perimeter around the White House so you can't even really even see the White House from the protests. Do that too. And, and and of course Trump is like, well, I guess he's very very strong. So I'm going to do what the strong guy says because he's very very strong, very powerful. That fence was made to be torn down. Video of that fence coming down when it does, and it will. It's going to be in like every rock and hip hop band's video for 10 years. (laughs) You know, (laughs) just like the Berlin Wall coming down. I mean, because it is such an insult to the American people because that is our property. Well, the problem is, is they've got this police force out there that is not identified with badges. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, also illegal in this country. Yeah. Also, they were asked who they were, and all they're telling people is we're with the Department of Justice, which doesn't have its own police force. So there's something incredibly wrong with this. Yeah. That if you gar- get, get injured, who do you? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I have to say something totally weird about Bill Barr. I got a text, a message from a friend this morning who I have not talked to in years, and uh, like he friended me on Facebook, and like the first message is. I had this awful dream that I was Bill Barr's personal trainer, and he kept going way out of his way to explain to me that he and his wife had an arrangement. <laughs> oh, gross. oh my god! And I was like, "Oh my god, that's horrible! It's horrible!" Right? Can be? Can you just hear me and my wife? We, we have a, we have an arrangement. We feel like it's very civilized. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, dude. Did you wake up screaming? And he was like, uh, my kid. He's like, my kid woke me up, but I was in a cold sweat. Um, <laughs> well, as you know, everything's a thing, and maybe uh, there's some sort of fan fiction, maybe some kind of Bill Barr sex fan fiction. So we were sure there's the an Department audience of for justice. it. I'm just thinking about this. You know, my earliest fear because I read Sinclair Lewis on a lark during the 2016 election. It can't happen here. You know that book because I was like, this yeah. wouldn't it be awful if Trump actually one let's read this book now oh terrible idea yeah but yeah. i was convinced that the ice people were going to be his personal militia that were going to be the people that came and hardened around him and oh, maybe yeah. the justice department has their own black ops guys in their armor at the gates with no badges well, could be ice has anyone heard prisoners now has anyone heard from eric prince has anyone heard from like where all That's of these the uh, mil- military contractors are because I, I, didn't I, he did he legally change his name did i read that somewhere well, I think he changed the name of his company because it was Blackwater it's and then it was Z. Z, yeah. Z. Which sounds yeah. like a brand of sugarless Fun. gum, doesn't it? Z. President, President G. Fun. Yeah. 
It's rebranding, rebranding his fucking awfulness. But yeah, I, I, you know, I, one thing though, you can't, we can't let the, the the Trump people get away with anything. They must be held accountable. But when it does come time for those, you know, eventually our Trump loving relatives and those people will come, we have to treat them like alcoholics that have relapsed. Yeah. yeah. You know, we have to be forgiving because it really is like it, they know it's wrong. I know they know racism is wrong on some level, but it's just like doing drugs or smoking cigarettes. It, it gives you a little lift. Well, you know what Lincoln said uh, in his second inaugural with malice toward none and charity toward all. I mean, he was talking about mm-hmm. the South. He's talking about the Confederates. Yeah. He wanted a peaceful reconstruction um, th- that wasn't militant, that didn't punish the South because he knew he had to reunite the country somehow. And, and in order yeah, to do that, you have mistake to on that. hearts and minds, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he said actually he's like in his second inaugural he's like I'm trying to get my Android phone to sync with my iPad and it's just not coming well, it's together kind of, but don't read things you read on the internet don't believe yeah, what you read yeah, on the internet yeah. well I mean it, once again as I was saying um, at the beginning of the show we're seeing echoes of the Civil War I mean Shelby Foote mm-hmm. said it in the, the Ken Burns Civil War documentaries the Civil War told us about who we are as a people both good and bad and we still see that today mm-hmm. any understanding of the United States States has to be viewed through the prism of the Civil War because it did underscore so much. Turkeys in their ugly Hawaiian clothes. Oh fuck them taking my Aloha shirts. Fuck those guys. Oh, you know I've always I hate Hawaiian shirts. We've discussed it before. You haven't gotten a good one then. You haven't seen the good ones. Exactly. There are no good ones. Just like there are no good. No, I'm I'm vindicated on this. You have to go to Hawaii. (laughs) They think they think that they're going to get their fucking race war, but they're not apparently noticing that the protesters are about mixed half and half yeah. like mm-hmm. it's not they think they're going to get a race war but if you can't get other white people to fight with you you're just going to get taken out like yesterday's trash yeah which god i wish you could see the guys that showed up to the counter demonstration here in athens i may have to send you a picture of one to use as an image for the show because okay. he's wearing like tight wrangler jeans that he has no business wearing a skin tight pink Hawaiian shirt that's made of t-shirt material, I guess, because cotton doesn't fit that way. And it makes him look like a pink golf ball on a tee. <laughs> I mean, because, well, I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's in, he really, and, and then he's got a full face covering, like, kind of desert mask and sunglasses on. And he just looks like the biggest fucking goob. <laughs> it's like his body is all, like, it's all different parts. His body is going to five different parties at once. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's hideous. <laughs> and I'm like, you're so fucking scary with your I mean, yeah, you I'll have just, okay. Look, you, you have to you have to go to Honolulu, and you have to go to one of these mm-hmm. little specialty shops, one of these mom and pop mm-hmm. specialty shops where they sell some of them sell vintage Aloha shirts. Mm-hmm. There was there never, was a, yeah, there was not going to happen because of one very simple thing. <laughs> I have short, stubby arms, and so for me to wear a shirt that buttons up the front and has short sleeves makes me look like a like I have fish. Got to find like I have one. little flippers. It's never going to happen. You will never. <laughs> Ever, if you know, it, actually, if I were kidnapped and forbidden to post anything about my captivity on social media, I would say, "Boy, I love my new Hawaiian shirt," <laughs> and people would come running. They'd be like, "Uh oh, something's real wrong over at David's house," because I fucking hate him. You know that you know that the anchors on the news locally wear Aloha shirts, right, David? 
God, yeah. which would make me laugh at them the whole time. You don't, wear, like, you don't, they wear, don't wear suits and ties. They that's just right. Aloha shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Bourdain on an episode of No Reservations went into one of those shops and bought. I uh, even saw that. Not, and he it went looked, made and, him look fat. No, it didn't make him look fat. He, he it went, totally Hattie, made him look fat. Just buy from Hilo Hatties. They have the best. Yes, Hilo Hatties. Also, you know, you can get old school ones that are made out of material that is literally flammable. Yeah. All right, we got to take one last break and then wrap up the show. And You know uh, why Hawaiian shirts better than a t-shirt? Why? It burns longer. <laughs> All right. Back with more show after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. It's I hate you. Just kidding. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, I hate you. Just kidding. There's a song called Heartbeat from Constellations. Such a wonderful band. Such a wonderful project. Uh, Link in the description to support all of our favorite indie bands here on the show. BobSeska.com/slash/music if you want to submit. And please do. Please make sure. And you know what, by the way? You know who she sounds like? Well, who? She sounds like an American version of the singer from The Sundays, who I love. I'm not familiar with The Sundays. Sundays? No, no. Oh, Bob. That was like a seminal. (laughs) You have to send me some links. I will. I'm out of The Sundays loop. Yeah. But you're going to hear it and you're going to be like, oh, this reminds me of these songs because there's a couple of straight up rips of them that. They never got the recognition they deserved, and then people ripped them off. Well, here's the thing. I wanted to mention this on the show because uh, I want to make sure I'm supporting all of our indie bands beyond playing the music on the show. If you're in an indie band or if you're a recording artist and you're promoting your music on Twitter or Facebook, don't forget to tag me so I can retweet and share your stuff on my pages. Because that's, I mean, one thing I really want to do is make sure that the word gets out, and that'll help me and, and remind me to continuously promote uh, your music. So make sure to do that. Hey, Bob, what if they want to have their music on the show? Just go to bobseska.com slash music, and you can send. There's a convenient form there, and it's really easy to do. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, so. I've actually been meaning to text you that about that for, like, two weeks because I have two bands that are friends of mine that would be great, and I keep forgetting, and so I had to just slip that in there. Oh, really yeah, quick. yeah. Uh, okay, we were talking about Hawaii before the break. How about I just sent you guys a, a link to Hilo Hatties so oh, yes. you can get all of the it's Aloha shirts. It's never going to happen. 
<laughs> Just forget it. I don't like the shape of palm trees. I think pineapple are kind of ugly. I don't like anything about World War II or the 50s, particularly visually. Oh, uh, well. It's just, I mean, and I, fluorescent colors, you got to bear in mind, I have the skin of a 13th, 13th century nobleman. I am yeah, you, whiter <laughs> than half and half. Yeah, you want to so, be very like, all careful. All those bright colors wash me right out. That's right. You want to be very A guy, a bearer, a Latin shirt, like a Cuban shirt, great on me. <laughs> okay. Well, you want to be very careful in the tropics. But meanwhile, uh, Barack Obama spoke yesterday, speaking of Hawaii. And uh, again, you know, you, you see uh, true leaders like uh, Joe yes. Biden, like Barack Obama, <laughs> uh, like some of the others who have stepped up, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Elizabeth Warren, both attending some of the protests. Um, this reinvigorates our confidence, I think, to an extent in, uh, in Americanism. Uh, which we've lost mm-hmm. since Donald Trump uh, rose to power. Since some some other bastardized version, some sort of Fox News propagandized version of America that no one really recognizes. And so uh, when Barack Obama spoke yesterday, I was like, all right, that's that's what leadership looks like. How about that? Did you watch someone- his commencement address for the high school seniors? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That was great, too. Oh, yeah. I, I bawled like a baby through the whole thing. <laughs> Every time I see him speak... I feel so utterly vindicated. Like, I just giggled because I remembered a moment when someone was screaming back in 2008 about the Obama bots like Bob Seska. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I've, I've gotten so much shit over my support for Barack Obama, and I feel increasingly vindicated as time goes on, as more and more people, even Republicans who actively campaigned against him, actively demonized him as the other are now like, yeah, there's the president right there. There, yeah, mm-hmm. that guy, that guy knows what he's talking about. And so I, I feel. And in good the middle about of that. this, he would be taking a public stand, and he, you know, well, he would have had a mask on first of all in March. Yeah, Obama, and he would have. I mean, mm-hmm. instead of like hiding and shivering in his bunker like a fart in a bottle, yeah, he would be out like he was yesterday. It just. The president just could not be any more contemptuous of the American people, mm-hmm. and that's, and the and the and the shitheads that follow him think they it's just toward us. Yeah, but he doesn't like them either, unless they're actually standing in front of him screaming about how awesome he is. He has nothing but contempt for poor people. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that happened yesterday is I uh, posted about this. Obviously, I, I I posted about Obama quite extensively on social media, and a few of the responses were, well, "I didn't agree. He did some things that weren't liberal enough," and the you know, sometimes being president is not always about ideology. It's about continuity. It's about stability. It's about leadership. That goes beyond and I need the a issues. president, not a boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. Well, also, Thank you. Right. It's and like I'm not needing to fall in love with the motherfucker. I just need someone to fall, you know, push our interests forward with a yeah. fair amount of integrity. Well, and Jesus also, Christ. the people that bitched about him, the purists that bitched about him, didn't give him a Congress to work with, didn't right. give him 67 people in the Senate, didn't give him an overwhelming majority. So fuck them. Mm-hmm. They had to do their job. They didn't. Yeah. Roosevelt had the votes in the Senate. He had the votes in the House so that he could get more progressive legislation passed. <sighs> yeah, oh, the same, same with uh, LBJ. Spicy Jody, yay. <laughs> I love Spicy Jody. <laughs> L- I mean, LBJ had the most Democratic mm-hmm. Congress in mm-hmm. the 20th century, and mm-hmm. he wasn't able to get a full health care reform package through he had to and go he with, wanted it he yeah. wanted medicare for all he really did he he wanted it he still couldn't get that and he yep. did very well with civil rights and stuff he just couldn't get 
what what was needed for well that's right you know the the whole guantanamo issue Mm -hmm. was a great test bed for what what you're talking about and so what that was still fucking there isn't it yeah i mean he Mm -hmm. desperately tried to and the the only way you could have closed that prison at guantanamo bay is to have the financing to have those guys move to supermax prisons and Congress and the voted against that. Like we can do this. Bernie, they're like, I know. They're we, like we can totally do this. Bernie Sanders voted against financing the closure of mm-hmm. Gitmo because it was there the NIMBY go. issue, not in my backyard. Mm-hmm. He didn't want mm-hmm. the, you know, he didn't want to. Again, you, you talk about echoes of a major tragedy in this country. More echoes of 9/11. People terrified mm-hmm. of. Te- we, we we can't have any terrorists in supermax prison. Well, sorry, they're already there. There are already mm-hmm. terrorists in supermax prisons. Uh, just adding a few more is not going to create some national crisis. And oh, I you know what? think it's because they're brown. Yeah. It's like, you know, the guy that was terrified of Sandra Bland in her car because she was holding a cigarette. And so he mm-hmm. had to taser or drag her out of the car or whatever. It's yeah. like they think that these terrorists are just going to be able to melt the brain, melt the jail bars with their minds or something. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, Timothy McVeigh, terrorist. Yep. In a prison in the United States. Mm-hmm. Haven't had any issues. He's over there somewhere. So, yep. It, uh, uh-huh. But and now we're learning that <laughs> that, <laughs> that Bill Barr has uh, spent some time today talking about Antifa uh, during a press conference. and and mentioning, Yeah. But he also managed to admit that there were outside agitators infiltrating the protests and stoking the violence. And we knew this. Oh, you mean like the police? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the police, really. I mean, the, I mean, obviously, there were looters and, and, and people doing bad things, but I don't think that had anything to do with the protesters. And to to conflate the two things, as Donald Trump has done, has done a, a huge disservice to, quite frankly, the First Amendment. Uh, you know, just again, we go back to things that Donald Trump doesn't read. How about reading that First Amendment? And... Uh, and studying especially you know, the part about peaceable assembly. These dickheads may get their boogaloo, yeah. but it's not going to be about race. It's going to be about, like, Americans versus trash. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, well, you can su- you yeah. Well, you can support the uh, T-Rex podcast, the T-Rex Report podcast at patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Also, uh, Jody Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com and sexyliberal.com. That's the From the Bunker podcast. And you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Meanwhile, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network is going strong. And there's a show this weekend. The Sexy Liberal Unity Tour is is going virtual. So I still think, I think you can get, uh, I don't know if tickets are still available, but if you want to see about getting getting into the big uh, event this weekend, this Saturday night, Go to uh, sexyliberal.com and everything is there, ready and waiting for you and your attendance. Um, let's see. Coming up at the postmortem show, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit Jared Kushner. We're going to talk about Roger Stone. And we're going to talk about, uh, oh, Donald Trump's physical results. We didn't even get to that oh, on the free, free show. And what was it I said we needed to talk about on the after show? I don't on remember. The, I mean, on the postmortem, I don't either now. I have no I idea. You should have written it down. <laughs> Damn it. It's lost forever now. <laughs> Sorry. It is lost and gone forever over that little oh, thought of mine. Yeah. So many things. So many things to keep track of. Oh, my God. All right. That's the show. Make sure to support us at uh, bobseskashow.com. That's our Patreon page. If you sign up for $5 a month, you can listen to the postmortem show, which we're going to record right after this music stops playing. And if you sign up for $10 a month, you get the post show and the after party. So go do it. Thank you so much for your support. 
And we'll see you tomorrow, folks. Bye-bye. Wear a mask. Now more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. We're washing our hands, sneezing into our arms. But what about your cell phone? It's a gigantic carrier of germs. In fact, I, I see mine sitting over here. And it looks clean, but I don't think it is. I think it's filthy. I think it's a vector for disease because I rarely clean my phone. I need to get my Clean Phone Pro. It's a sanitizer using medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone better than wipes and safe for your device. The Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with nine high-powered UVC lights. There's a dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. You can sanitize your other items while wirelessly charging your phone, or you can just use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station anytime. A fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items. And don't forget, they're selling N95 masks at thecleanphone.com. Go get your N95 masks there if you want to go out and about. Again, that's thecleanphone.com. And you can get the Clean Phone Pro for just $89 in free shipping when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember to use the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, for two-day free shipping, and it's going to ship immediately. That's thecleanphone.com, thecleanphone.com.